0: So, welcome to episode number 42 of The Space in Between. And we took a bit of pause last month. The month of August was our month of pause. And I checked in, I think once or twice, but we really just wanted to give you a bit of time to catch up on old episodes of our podcast or take a little bit of time for yourself to reflect and see what you wanted to step into with this new shift of season, right? You're just finishing up the Labor Day weekend and stepping into getting back to school. or are getting back to work and getting more serious of um, the new season ahead. And uh, I proposed a question in the last one of, who are you aligning yourself, right? Are you aligning yourself with who you are becoming? And I'm actually going to be launching a six-week course, which I'm so excited about at the end of this month, um, which is just that, who are you becoming? Giving you lots of new tools through my movement practice, Movement 109, some journaling, uh, Zoom calls once a week for six weeks, a little mentoring to keep you going and help you set your intention and give you some new tools for your self-care toolbox. Um, So you can find out over at the Nomad website. Um, But right now, I just snuck away because I'm in Montana at the Veterans Yoga Project Summit and Amy Gatzmeyer and Jessica Bugbee who have been on the here, they are the founding members of Tribe, which I've talked about before. We are bringing the tools of yoga to active military. So we're here this week in Montana at the Veterans Yoga Project Summit to share our curriculum with these fine people, and I'll actually have some episodes coming up, some interviews with some of these fine people in the next month or so. Um, but yeah, so Ashley will be on in just a moment with uh, sharing her journey of breathwork, and I was so fortunate to be at her breathwork training in August earlier, earlier August. And she's a really beautiful, beautiful soul, and I can't wait to share her with you, um, sharing her journey of breathwork, and, um, which reminds me, because now I am a breathwork facilitator, I am leading our retreat in Bali in about six months, March 2020, where I'll be sharing Movement 109 and breathwork and yoga, and we'll be diving deep into the rituals of, of the Balinese, um, and really immersed in their culture and that we have an early nomad special that is ending september 15th so if you sign up before september 15th you'll get to save like 350 bucks so definitely sign up for that uh, if you want to come and explore bali and your movement practice and breath work practice Um, which also reminds me movement 109 i'm back in the hudson valley september 14th at namastasis Uh, so if you're in the area, come on by September 14th. That's a Saturday at five o'clock. We'll be moving again together. And also I'll be getting, coming back to the Hudson Valley for the fall to lead a 200 hour teacher training. So if you're interested in diving deep into the practice of yoga, or you want to share the tools of yoga with others and teach, this is the training for you. We're going to go even beyond the foundations of, of teaching yoga. So there's a little time left and a couple more spots that have your name on it. So go ahead over to the Nomad site and find out more about all of these wonderful offerings. But now let's go and sit with Ashley Lemon. All right. So today I'm here with Ashley Lemon and we have known each other for a number of years now, Um, but not completely. I met, um, I think it was 2014 when I first met you mm-hmm. and I came to my first breathwork experience in Nosara, Costa Rica mm-hmm. and then I think actually I don't know if I did it then I think we might have just met and then I came back but we've just sort of followed each other in various ways and um and now I'm here at your breathwork training in the Catskills mm-hmm. and I thought I would love to hear about your story um, whatever that means to you. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> the light bulbs just went off. I was yeah. wondering, which story? There's so I know, so many. there's
0: so many. Um, whatever story you want to start with. I mean, mm. do you want to start with
1: your path to breath work? Do you want to start? Where would you like to sure. start? Sure. Well, there's so many converging stories. But um, I have been a healer of some sort probably my entire life. But more recently in my adult life, after graduating from college and and starting work, professional work as an occupational therapist, I got really burnt out after seven years in that profession and in the Western medical model. And I just remember being at the end of that time in my life, running into the bathroom at lunch breaks, crying and not knowing what was wrong and just... Just being overwhelmingly um, at a place of dis ease, and at that point I went back to um, went back to graduate school. But around the same time I was going back to graduate school, I started practicing yoga, and there was a huge shift. Everything just kind of flipped and turned around for me. I started feeling better. My body was healing from inflammation, stress. Even though I was also working out a lot and teaching um, aerobics classes in the gym, I had a lot of extra weight on me that I think was stress weight. Mm-hmm. And because of that major change in my life, and yoga does incorporate changing your patterns with breathing and being becoming more mindful and more consciousness, I decided to leave my job as a therapist in the Western medical model. Okay. And I decided that I wanted to create my own path. And this was before coaching was a thing, so I made up my own <laughs> title. Where are we interested just to, to give it a, as a title. So frame. this was 2000, maybe okay. 1999. So you're like, I want to teach people how to be better in yeah. life. <laughs> well, I was an occupational therapist, and yeah. so what that means is we would help people find optimal functioning in all areas of their life. Yeah. So I didn't want to call myself an occupational therapist working with people Good. more preventatively mm-hmm. because I recognized working with patients in the hospital and in the in the nursing homes, I recognized that many of the, the conditions I was seeing and treating were actually either avoidable mm-hmm. or if you had made lifestyle changes, then you wouldn't you might not have to deal with the accident, the trauma, the the chronic ease yeah. that I was I was working with. So I wanted to catch it before it actually became something. So I thought that yoga was the that quickest path. Um, I started healing and feeling better in my body, and so I started turning my practice more, you know, from the aerobics and the strength training piece to yoga and Pilates and eventually opened a yoga studio. So Mm -hmm. my first introduction to breathwork came through a student in one of our yoga teacher trainings. I think it was the very first training program that we taught in 2002. Okay. And he was a teacher and he shared a breathwork practice with us. And I just remember all of us from the the training laying down in in this small room and and breathing. And he just kept saying, breathe and keep breathing and breathe and (laughs) keep breathing. And I I would hear all of the students around me start to go through these popcorns of emotion, you know, Mm -hmm. crying and laughter. And I'm like, what is going on? Yeah. And I was, it was a little strange to me. But, um, I made it through that and I came out of that and thought it was interesting, but I didn't really think too much of it. I was like, Oh, I don't need to do that again. <laughs> um, and then a couple of years later I went through another major, um, dive in my, in my, um, I will call it, I'll call it depression. Okay. I, I hit a really dark low in my life that was catalyzed through, the dissolution of a business partnership so the main business partner that I opened the yoga studio with we just couldn't see eye to eye and she eventually needed to leave what happened there is that triggered for me my abandonment wound Mm -hmm. and I didn't realize that at the time I just knew that I was really depressed and in pain and couldn't sleep and so many other things that went along with that and Around that time, I was introduced to the work with a shaman, and I didn't even know what a shaman was at that point. This was 2004. (laughs) Yeah, and but I agreed to come and do this healing weekend that my friend was hosting at her house. And all she had to say was, This is the equivalent of a year's worth of psychotherapy, and she may have said 10 years worth, I don't know. (laughs) And I said, Sign me up, I am in. I didn't ask a lot of questions. That weekend was a weekend of plant medicine ceremony, and there was some breath work incorporated into that. And I came out of that with just a a completely different perspective of who I was and my patterns, particularly, mm-hmm. and how I was actually creating patterns of disharmony. Disease in my life and in my relationships and in my business and all of these things I was, you know it was a big magnifying glass for me and so there was there was a, that other introduction to breath work and so on and so forth so many years into this work and being introduced to different plants oftentimes the plant medicine ceremony was also coupled with breath work yeah. and it was Interesting, and I started becoming more fascinated by the effect of breath work and recognizing that breath work actually had some very powerful effects to it. Mm-hmm. And it, it helped me to realize some things about myself that traditional talk therapy and traditional my yoga practice uh, could only take me so far.
0: Yeah, and you were seeing that you could be independent from the plant medicine.
1: Right. right. So, yeah. yeah. So it didn't have to be with the plant medicine work. It was um, the, the breath work was something that was it, it was separate. Yeah. But oftentimes when I did go into ceremony and, and different work with with different healers and shamans, this was a tool that they would use. Yeah. So I I had, had some different experiences and I was still teaching yoga. And of course, yoga involves manipulating breath and and practicing breath in different Mm -hmm. ways. And it was a few years later that when I eventually closed my yoga studio and moved to Costa Rica that I met yet another therapist who was teaching breath work. Mm -hmm. And she offered a class to us during one of my yoga teacher trainings. And we were at the top of the mountain at the Costa Rica yoga spa and breathing, 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 and I just I came out of that experience again, just so blown away by what had happened. And so I, I picked her brain. I questioned her like, what is this? What do you call it? And she's Mm -hmm. like, it's just called breathwork. I'm like, no, what's the name? And she said, no, it's just breathwork. (laughs) So that just kept sparking my interest until I eventually decided to commit to a facilitator training program. And I've been doing this almost exclusively since.
0: Yeah. I love how it just seems to Come to you. I mean, right. all those three, those three scenarios—they just arrive at your doorstep. You weren't searching right. it out. Yeah. And I think you even said yesterday, or one of the days that how you didn't even know what a shaman was. You googled it, or yeah. um, I don't know if Google was around then, but I think it, I think
1: it was. <laughs> I, it was in the computer that I had to go yeah, and look yeah, at what look a shaman. I didn't yeah. know what it
0: meant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I guess for people who might not have this experience, we could talk a little bit about. The difference between you know pranayama um, mm-hmm. and and what this is kinda how mm-hmm. similar and how different because i what i really love about how your approach is um is that you bring in the pranayama mm-hmm. with it and mm-hmm. so it's another tool to get us to
1: where we go as quote unquote breath work right so pranayama the actual sanskrit name means the extension of Prana, the life force. So, mm-hmm. to extend, to practice, to create n- different ways of playing with this this life force that is within us, and play might might be a, a very light, light hearted way. It's, it, it is a very serious practice. Mm-hmm. And in um, more historical times teachers particularly ayengar Patabi joyce many of the the main teachers that brought yoga to the west they actually reminded their students that the practice of pranayamas was was a more advanced practice mm-hmm. that first you you research yeah. and figured out and practice how to set your body in good alignment so then you could also go into more of the subtle energy through pranayama so pranayamas might include different ways of breathing in and breathing out maybe you're breathing in and out really quick Mm -hmm. maybe you're breathing in really long and holding a retention or exhaling longer than you're inhaling so different pranayamas have different outcomes Mm -hmm. so for example if you are having difficulty sleeping oftentimes it's because there's too much energy that's up in the brain and we're thinking too much and we can't turn it off and the mind just keeps going so part of that is a pranic imbalance so we have too much high heightened energy yeah. in order to sleep and in order to eliminate food and digest we need to bring the energy down so we would use a specific pranayama technique to balance our energy to function
0: yeah normally to bring it down more into that parasympathetic.
1: Right. So the pranayamas are particular ways in which we exercise the breath and practice the breath ratio-wise, shifting inhale to exhale, and, and just depending on, on what, is, what is needed at any given time. Breath work is more of a modern practice, and breath work itself was developed in the the late 60s by psychologists and particularly psychologists or or psychonauts who were accessing different ways of consciousness and alternate states of consciousness and reality and many of them were using um, additional tools such as lsd or psilocybin or, or different medicinal practices in order to evoke a altered state of consciousness and and their theory is in the altered state of consciousness we have the ability to go into some deep healing work yeah so stan groff who is one of the the grandfathers the founders of breathwork he's also one of the founders of trans transpersonal psychology mm-hmm. and part of that takes into account that we are we are affected by unseen forces such as archetypal energies such as these these outer outer world Mm -hmm. conditions and the whole premise of breath work is to connect your breath consciously in a continued fashion so that the breath in and breath out have no stopping point
0: yeah
1: in the natural breath we we don't have to think about it it just happens because of a pressure differential but when we turn our attention to watching the breath it shifts our our state of awareness in breath work you are in some way moving the breath most likely a little bit more fluidly and consistently and rapidly without pause. And what that does is it creates an altered state of consciousness in in many people. It shifts our physiology. It shifts our um, nervous system responses. It shifts many things. And particularly what I find is when we come into a parasympathetic state we do have more access to our our higher wisdom yeah so in breath work you most likely but not always are lying down on the floor so that you can relax your body completely but the movement and all of the work is breath in to breath out breath in to breath out and it's work Mm -hmm. so it's different than pranayama (laughs) pranayama you can do five ten minutes you can do two minutes you can do one minute and it can shift your state of being yeah breath work is actually a therapeutic experience where you know it's a it's a prolonged period of time and oftentimes especially when you're sitting with a facilitator who is helping you integrate the experience many things come up emotions memories uh, experiences physical sensations in your body mm-hmm. so that you can repattern your mental field you can repattern your response of um sometimes we're, we're responding unconsciously and we yeah. we wonder why we're repeating the same mm-hmm. patterns in our lives yeah so that's what breath work is it's it's a therapeutic practice to unwind patterns that no longer serve us and to regroove yeah. New possibilities, so that we can live optimally in our highest level of function.
0: And I think everybody should do it.
1: I do too. <laughs> I do too. I, this is this is actually my um, this is my purpose in my life. This is my yeah. my dharma. Yeah. So I wanted. I want to. I want to create a possibility for everyone to have the possibility of yeah. experiencing this work.
0: I'm really curious to hear about if you don't mind sharing some of your experiences like you said those mm-hmm. first couple of times were so profound and you were hearing the popcorns of emotions mm-hmm. and what was happening with you and what uh-huh. what was turning that light on for you to say there's something more here yeah. there's something else going on here
1: well actually the first quite a few experiences that I had I was a skeptic yeah. Which is typical for me. So my first experiences were actually like more of frustration, like mm. like I didn't understand what was going on, and I was kind of frustrated with yeah. with the experience and with myself. Like I wanted to know, like what's going? Why are they? Why are these people? Because you weren't fully in because it. Because you were holding on still. Because I was in control. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I in my previous <laughs> existence had a lot of layers of holding on and wanting to be in control and having my guard up and having armor that I didn't really give myself full full enough permission to go into some of those yeah. places of deep surrender vulnerability it wasn't until i well i i did i did actually have some of those experiences when i finally was just so exhausted <laughs> of like trying to figure things out so one one of my earlier experiences that i can remember i i remember breathing and going back in time into a uh, into a memory and and seeing a person in my life that i was in that i'm still working on a lot of forgiveness with mm-hmm. and i just i saw this person's face flash through my head and the the place where this person lived and just All of these experiences that felt like present-time reality in my body. There was a lot of constriction. I was angry. You know, at first, this inner rage was coming up, and there was just a lot of of anger Mm. through it. And I just kept breathing because that's what the teacher was saying. Just keep (laughs) breathing, keep breathing. It's going to change. And all of a sudden, this anger started to turn into gratitude Mm. because I recognized in that moment staying with my breath, staying with the discomfort of it, that actually where I was in that time in my life, I was I was full of gratitude. I was mm. grateful to have the opportunity to be a seeker, to transform my life, to heal myself. And if we don't have the road bumps in our life to show us the challenges yeah. and show us how strong we are, show us how resilient we can be, then we would never know the the bliss on the yeah. other side. We wouldn't even know we were coasting, <laughs> right? So that was one of my first experiences where I thought there's something to this, and I think that was maybe 2005.
0: Okay.
1: So it wasn't until 2011, 2010, or two like five years later that yeah. I was introduced to that that next. Evolution, you know, because I kind of put these experiences off to the side. I did other things. I was doing other healings and other transformational work. And in 2010, 11, around that time, I was reintroduced to this work. And I had just left North Carolina and was in the process of moving to Costa Rica, which was also just put in my lap. It wasn't a plan of mine. Mm -hmm. So that came with its own set of challenges even though it sounds so beautiful um <laughs> you know I lived no. in North Carolina all my life and okay. it was hard for me to let go yeah and it was scary it was scary I'm to curious move. to know that story if you don't mind yeah. to go off the yeah well it all connect. has it all well, has connect. connections it's um in 2008 when the bottom came out of the economy and I had been working so hard for many years, I finally realized, like, I I did not want to keep working this hard. Like, the economy hit yeah. a, a low. We lost about 33%, exactly, okay. yeah. of revenue from one year to the next. Mm. And essentially, that was my salary. Yeah. So the last year I was in business, uh, I was really struggling to keep my house, keep my car, keep keep my life together. And I was just, I literally waved the white flag. I went to Costa Rica and I'd been traveling there for 10 years. Every time I had, it was really random. It was not random. Well, no, it was actually, it was random. I went to Costa Rica just, I called it my sabbatical. (laughs) It was December of 2009. Yeah. And I just needed to go and take a break and disconnect before I was coming back to my community to let them know I was closing the studio. Okay. So I had not I didn't have a plan. Yeah. And even my business partners who didn't really want to close the studio, they they were in it for different reasons than I yeah. than I was. They were like, what's your plan? What's your plan? You've got to have a plan, you always do. And I <laughs> I said, Well this time I don't have a plan. I'm just I'm going on vacation. I'm just checking out. And Nosara has a very interesting vibe to it mm-hmm, you know it's yeah. not just a place where you go on a, a random typical vacation you yeah. know, there it's there's it's very synchronistic a lot of us who live there we always say that you nosara know, either chews you up and spits you out, <laughs> or embraces you and will not let you go. I
0: think it's Costa Rica because I also had a sabbatical, yeah, um, where I was running a yoga program too, and that's I think when I first met you. Mm-hmm. I was on my sabbatical, yeah. which was ended up being nine months. Yeah. And the first time I went, it was it was embracing me, mm-hmm. and then I went home, got rid of all my stuff, and came back, and it spit me out real fast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right. It's 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 like oh okay yeah. (laughs) My time can do it. Can do
1: both. It can do both to the same person. (laughs) So I just kept traveling back there for about ten years. I started traveling there in ninety nine. Around the same time, I first started practicing yoga, and we found this place. My boyfriend and I had been traveling there, so we found the place that was perfect. It had lots of yoga and surf, so it it had something for both of us and he and i went our separate ways but i kept going back to nasara just it was it felt like home yeah i remember the first time leaving i felt homesick when we went to the next place in costa rica so 10 years later in 2009 i went back for my little two and a half week sabbatical and i ran into someone that i had known 10 years before okay just randomly so that yeah. it, it yeah. Th- this was the random part and she invited me up to the place where she was living at the time. She said, come up and we'll have a lemonade and I'd love to hear what you're up to. So I, I entered this place, this beautiful house on the, you know, in this beautiful, amazing property of a brand new retreat center that had not yet opened.
0: Okay.
1: And this was the Costa Rica yoga spa. Oh my gosh. So I'm sitting at this you know, in this house with a friend from 10 years before and she's making me this lemonade. It took her like an hour to make, especially <laughs> squeezed. And I'm just, just in awe. Yeah. And by the end of that trip, I had a job opportunity sorry, okay. and, you know, the owners of the yoga spa said, well, can you come back in January? I said, well, no, because I'm, I'm closing my doors March." 31st. Yeah. And I can come back in April and they yeah. said, great, come back. So I love it. that that was my entrance into life in Nosara. I and so that was the place that I had then the experience of breath work that that really prompted me to start searching for a way to study it. Mm-hmm. And not too far away at Pachamama, my teachers Dana and Ashana, they, they lead two trainings a year. So when I was in California, I was kind of living back and forth between California and Costa Rica after I left North Carolina. Okay. So this is there's a the lot of end. things happening that the, the yeah. end of North Carolina, and I was still not completely convinced that I could pull it off living in Costa Rica. So I yeah. got in my car and drove across country to <laughs> California thinking I'm gonna settle in north in California and what happened there actually I had the the chance of going to Joshua Tree for a, a festival and meeting my teacher who's a breathwork therapist mm. and in that experience there were there were maybe 80 people in a room breathing together yeah. and it that was intense Wow and by the end of that experience and that weekend I committed to a breathwork facilitator training okay. and um studied with Clarity Breathwork for about a year. Okay. And have been hit the ground running and <laughs> yeah. breathing and you know yeah. didn't really look back.
0: That's amazing.
1: Um and what, and
0: what has that? How has that all evolved? Because we we talked a little bit of the, about this the first night or so of both of our evolutions from yoga to the breath work. Mm-hmm. and I'm just curious to see in here again, um, you know, how that how that part evolved for you, yeah. and the
1: well, why. Yeah. Well, in 2010, 11, 12, I was. I had transitioned to Central America. So I was teaching yoga teacher trainings in Mm -hmm. Costa Rica, a couple of parts, two or three different places in Costa Rica, in Guatemala, going still back to the States, doing module formats. And, you know, i had been doing it since 2002. Yeah. So it was, it was a good amount, like 10 years. Yeah. And what I loved about yoga trainings and teacher trainings is I love the transformative process. Mm -hmm. I, I loved the people, but the whole, the whole process of the full experience of yoga teacher training became a little monotonous for me. And, Mm -hmm. and there were a lot of other yoga teacher training programs that were popping up everywhere. and, big programs that had a lot of marketing power behind them and so my teacher training programs because I had left the state and the states and I'd left my community it was harder and harder for me to to market them yeah so I just you know I just kind of with faith started doing breath work and teaching classes and just saying yes to every experience that I could kind of like what i did with yoga when yeah. yoga was not so popular and i started doing yoga and i just i started learning a lot and loving it and and it became really a niche for me and i could sense that you know i wasn't abandoning yoga this is really just an evolution of it i don't call it yoga of course yeah because i want it to be more inclusive because we're all breathing
0: yeah
1: yoga sometimes feels like an inclusive or actually an exclusive experience like you have to have the pass to the studio or the yeah. the clothes or the mat or you know the teacher or, or understand the language in certain right.
0: ways and right. move your body in certain ways and touch right. your toes like that's the
1: stereotype too right yeah so everyone can breathe yeah and i because of my background as a therapist. This felt like a very natural um, evolution for me to be able to remind people to breathe, help them rebalance their nervous system, do some dialogue coaching with them, and I was I was really just watching people have amazing breakthroughs. Yeah, and not that it was faster or slower, it was just it was more exciting and intriguing for me because I yeah. could be very creative. I could use yoga as Mm. as asana or body work, or I I could just make it my own. So that's what I loved about the breath work as a practice, and it it just became my thing. Yeah. And
0: we were both talking about, too, of just how the evolution of how yoga is more masculine energy and Mm -hmm. how this is more of the feminine energy of being passive. Yeah. And... Um, I was hearing you just earlier kind of talking about um, how you how you were I don't know if it was here or it might have been in the classroom earlier Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, just talking about the how you were already teaching sort of that form when you were saying you were teaching aerobics right you're Mm -hmm. keeping them on their feet yeah and so but you needed some sort of language I guess Mm -hmm. yoga might have been that that gateway Mm -hmm. I'm guessing Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm putting that in Yeah. I know that's my perspective um, for myself of we had to give some sort of structure and form because we were doing these other things, maybe for aerobics for you, for dance for me. Mm -hmm. But there was something more to it. And I guess yoga might have created more of that structure. And now we are both uh, like evolving in a different way, going beyond the structure
1: right does that yeah so well the other thing too when I was coming out of the gym I was exhausted I was pounding myself into the yeah. ground and I sought out yoga because I was so stressed and I was I was injured yeah. my body hurt I had joint pain I was overweight I was only twenty six, twenty seven at yeah. the time so I was young but I felt like I felt older than I am now. Yeah. And that was 20 years ago. Yeah. So when I found yoga, I loved it because I'm also a dancer from a dance background. So it it reminded me of... I've actually been practicing yoga even since I was a child. Yeah. So in our gymnastics class in the dance um, studio... We learned shoulder stand and plow and yeah. headstands <laughs> and handstand. So we were practicing yoga when I was a kid, and we didn't really call it. We did yeah, it, it was just gymnastic. stretches yeah. or
0: gymnastics. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah so, so when I came into yoga, I it felt familiar,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then I started getting deeper into the more subtle aspects of it, and that felt familiar. And I had all of these yeah. light bulbs go off back to the times when. I would meditate and practice mantra and do these interesting practices that as a child, like I would just read about them, maybe in a book or mm-hmm. think them up on my own or yeah. daydream and visualize, which is, these are some of the things I still ask my clients to do today. Like visualize your future self. Yeah. Vibrate with that. You know, Yeah. That's that's now being shown to be very effective in neuroscience research you know when when we're trying to get out of these ruts in our life this is a tool that that can help us to visualize what you want in the future vibrate to that and then take actions that will eventually make that a reality yeah um you just said something about you doing this as
0: a kid and you said this as well i think you were talking about um, the other night about having the deities as a teenager mm-hmm. and I just I have thought about this for myself and maybe you want to um, contemplate it a little bit too of I had these tools as well when I was a kid you know I, I remember when I was I had to apply for the teacher training program and they asked you know how long have you been practicing yoga and I was like hmm, let me think about this I was like oh I remember when I was having to breathe and my dad would like lead me through just breathing. Basically mm-hmm. what you're saying, he would right. say to me when I was a kid and, Oh, I would lay in bed when I was anxious. I did meditate, but I didn't call it meditated, right. you know? And so I have contemplated this, like, was there this, you know, future self coming back and giving was there reincarnation that I brought these tools with me? I'm just mm. curious
1: to know what your um, perspective is if you have one yeah no I, I actually think that we have these tools with us we know we we actually become more jaded as yeah. we walk this earth <laughs> if you watch children and I have worked with a lot of children in various capacities in a therapeutic context but now more just curiosity and especially when I'm around kids that are about two to three that can start talking and and have conversations. One of my favorite things to ask is what do you remember from, from when you were my age or, you know, what, just, I, I, in some way I I think that they have so much information of their future selves already. Yeah. You know, we, as, as children, we're close to God. We're close Mm -hmm. to source. Um, we don't, judge ourselves we just play and our bellies open up and we breathe and we laugh and we cry and you know all of these things that without without a without i don't know without judging ourselves so so i think that these tools have always been present we just have forgotten them Mm -hmm. and when we wake up that's the practice of starting to re-remember yeah um i mean i think a lot of people have as children probably remembered like doing practices where they would move their breath differently and hold mm-hmm. their breath for mm-hmm. you know like let's see how long we can hold, like even underwater like yeah. swimming and and almost testing our testing our edge and our capacity as as more just of a curiosity to see how long we can hold yeah. it you know so these are yeah. these are ways that we've that we've played with breath work yeah you might not have Realize that that's what yeah. we were doing until we come back to it, and they're like, "Oh, this this feels so, so familiar. familiar." Yeah, it's so mm-hmm. wild.
0: And you you've said this a couple of times, curiosity, and that is definitely your word. I think mm-hmm. if I have to say, Ashley has a word, <laughs> <laughs> which I love that word too. I mean, and it is. I think that we lose that mm-hmm. sense of curiosity as we as we get more and more jaded. Mm-hmm. And um, I love. The practice of um, mindfulness and also mm-hmm. this breath work of just being curious of whatever what is coming up for you, what is yeah. happening, what is this pattern, what does that look like, mm-hmm. and that experience that I had, what was that about? <laughs> yeah. You know, um,
1: curiosity is yeah. good medicine. Yeah, you know, when it really is. When I learned about the different um, in yoga, they were called the the rasas, the flavors of life, and or even the the, the sufferings, the kleshas, or the shadow emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the the consistent tools that we can use to shift them is curiosity. Mm-hmm. What would happen if I do the opposite? Mm-hmm. What would it look like if I gave myself permission to feel this emotion? Yeah. You know, oftentimes I know where I came from in, in my childhood there was a cultural conditioning and a family conditioning of suck it up, don't show your emotion, it's not cool to cry in front of people, yeah. you know, all of these things about emotional regulation. We, we had to learn how to be good people, not show our emotions in public, yeah. and um, that's we're, we're seeing this in psychology and, and neuropsychology that that's actually very detrimental to the system. Yeah. It
0: is do you mind speaking a little bit more about the patterns you know of maybe the, that being one of them of mm-hmm. just that what that evolution has looked like for you with this practice of breath work
1: well for me personally when I first came into the awareness of patterns one of one of the early patterns that was identified through the help of a facilitator, because uh, I would not have necessarily gotten there on my own was mm-hmm. my pattern of um, walking away before someone else could walk away. Mm-hmm. so my my defense mechanism would be just to leave. Yeah, And because m- my story, my birth story is, you know, I'm adopted. so mm-hmm. i was I was given away at birth, which set which sets a wheel of cause and effect in motion. And oftentimes we have a certain unique pattern that we are operating from subconsciously, unconsciously, until until we have to see what's going on so that we can make some changes. And so that was that was catalyzed by my business partner leaving. Yeah. and i I realized like my my shutdown, that depression, and everything that went along with it was actually, a huge gift to, to see that because I would not mm-hmm. have seen it if I didn't have that much discomfort to work through that yeah. much pain so one of my previous patterns was um just disregarding all of that like I shut my emotions down you know so the the facilitator who first worked with me he said you know your homework is to evolve your relationship with fear and my response initially to him was, I don't, I'm not scared. I don't have fear. <laughs> He's like, yeah, look at that. <laughs> yeah. So I, I started just being curious about that. What, yeah. what does fear feel like? What do I do when I'm hitting up against fear? Yeah. And the more I studied it and researched it, I could see it coming. And I could see my um, dysfunction, the way that I interacted with my environment, myself with people and i didn't really want to perpetuate that madness so i really wanted to make some changes in myself so part of it was slowing down enough to see what was going on and choosing to make some changes
0: yeah and what do you um what did that? How long do you feel like that took? Because I want I want to give people a clear picture that we don't have this experience and we're like, oh, I uh, recognize yeah. my pattern, and now it's erased. It is. It is still it's evolving, still, right? Um, exactly.
1: <laughs> well, I think that it, it goes um, in it, waves, it, right? Yeah, it goes in waves, but actually, more of like the spirals. Yeah. There, there are many times where I feel like I can pat myself on the back, and at the end of the day, I can say, "Good job, you met that fear, and you didn't." <laughs> retreat from it and you just you stood and in your breath and you communicated because part of part of the outcome of meeting my fear earlier was I would shut down and I would not communicate my needs yeah and I would hold them in and then I would get resentful of the other person not understanding why I was upset you know it was just a pattern yeah so I have to be more right not have to be I I choose to be more Communicative and conscious, and but I don't think I've completely repatterned that yeah. just yet. I mean, this is our job security. Yeah, to our very last breath, we yeah. have the opportunity <laughs> to keep repatterning. Yeah. So that's the cool thing about it.
0: It really is. I feel like um, each time, even just this. How many did we do this past? four or five days. It feels like a hundred. I know. But, <laughs> oh my gosh. That last one that I did yeah. last yesterday. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That was intense. But I do, I feel like each time there's just another layer yeah. that you get to peel away. And sometimes you realize, oh, I did not peel that away.
1: Not yes. Not because yet, sometimes but that's it's, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes there's what, you know, we call it, we, we go through waves oftentimes of intense learning and the messages are coming and then all of a sudden the system has to go into integration or yeah. it just or it goes into shutdown
0: yeah it was just too much yeah or and that's
1: okay you know yeah. shutdown is not a negative thing it's just we just hit the edge of our capacity to yeah. take in more information or just the endurance of yeah the work itself we need it time is. and and that's why i the work that we're doing here in five days is deep. It's intense. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's only five days.
0: (laughs) I know. I mean, it's funny because we both lead teacher trainings for yoga and you do the same like month format or or 21 days, right?
1: I I used to do 21 days. I'm just
0: finishing that up. And it's funny because I, I get, you know, you hit a wall, you hit a wall a couple of days and you're like, okay. And then you get over it. But this, I'm kind of like, wow, I don't think I could go for 20 days. No. <laughs> There's yeah. no
1: way. I mean, there are programs, being, there are are programs that, couple, that do it. And um, my in my training program, we had the option of staying and doing all four modules all at once. But I just remember at the end of the first two modules, it was a level one and two for, yeah. in 10 days. And I just I just needed to move. So I went from yeah. that to a dance retreat. Oh, nice. And um and took about eight months before I went back to do the next couple of modules and that was for me that was perfect. yeah Some people like to just stay in it and stay in the jungle bubble and stay yeah. in the immersion setting. Um, this is just a different approach and I am I'm creating a program that I that would work f- for someone like me yeah. who wants to use this professionally who is very, um, Self motivated and dedicated to looking at their stuff and, and doing their work in the interim between mm-hmm. the this and the next piece and and also you know I encourage my students to find different teachers yeah you know but but truly the teacher is you yeah so that's that's it's just the each biggest
0: reflection yeah constantly reflecting it back and forth mm-hmm. and reminding ourselves. Yeah, I have really enjoyed this training because I think that it has a really well beautiful balance of that you know diving into your own personal journey mm-hmm. but then also giving you these tools if you do want to take it professionally mm-hmm. I think there is a really beautiful balance of the two and then also movement I was really excited the first night when you were like turned on music and danced mm-hmm. I was like yeah I know we need to do more of that <laughs> I know we did, yeah. well you we <laughs> might can I, yes. I might just pepper that into yeah life. definitely I might do that definitely excited. um yeah and I know you have so many stories what is there like something bubbling inside of you <laughs>
1: <And> <laughs> laughter laughter yes. well you know I, I've been and I think that not just me but I know a lot of people I've spoken with have been through some intense times in the past six months yeah in you know, the beginning of the yeah. year um, I've I've taken on a project in Costa Rica where I actually moved to a, a physical space that is a magical place in and of itself and, um, just the physical location of it. It's right beside the ocean. Mm -hmm. You know, when you go to sleep at night, you hear the waves crashing. I think it might be the house that's the closest to the high tide line in all of Costa Rica. Oh, wow. Yeah. And sounds beautiful, right? It is. It is beautiful. And that was prompted actually through meditation. I, I was actually in, I, I shared this with you, I was in New York in a snowstorm, mm-hmm. dog sitting for one of my best friends, and I'm in front of the fire and just meditating and trying to, trying to just ask for more information, like, show me the next place. Where should I go? What should I do? Because I was in the process of moving out of New York. I'd come back to the States and lived in New York part-time, half-time, Splitting time in, in Costa Rica. Yeah. I've been trying to get out of Costa Rica for a while, but <laughs> it keeps, it keeps pull- pulling me back. <laughs> it's pulling me back in. And um, gratefully so, I, I love it there. And I also want the opposite. You know, I, yeah. I need the contrast. So I'm sitting beside the fire and breathing and meditating. And all of a sudden, I see the image of this house that I'm now in and that I've taken responsibility for. Um, living there part-time between that place and, and my other place in Playa Palada. And it's a, it's a place that I've known for about 10 years and my, one of my good friends, her father built it and it's pretty much an open air rancho. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it it's very rustic and charming and raw and the elements are just right there in your face. And yeah. My friends call me Swiss Family Robinson. (laughs) Uh, So I'm learning a lot. And one night I was sitting, um, it was Semana Santa, so it was like Easter time in Costa Rica, which is a big celebration time for the locals there. And I'm sitting inside of the house and it was full noon, and the waves were coming up and crashing on at the edge of the ocean. And I was by myself with my dogs in this house. And... I just luckily I, I know these things I know to keep breathing I know things are gonna change but I just felt everything I felt the intensity of the moon and the tide and being by myself and taking this responsibility on and the beauty of it and the challenge of it and so I literally just I I, I labeled this I wrote about it and, and shared it with people because I mm. felt like it was important to recognize that sometimes we hit these deep deep grooves so i i essentially labeled it as my breakdown breakthrough yeah and breakdowns are not necessarily bad things because they help us break through to the other side of the thing that gets in our way Mm -hmm. just like the first facilitator who said develop your relationship with fear yeah and in that moment when i was by myself full moon high tide samana santa at the edge of the ocean with the dogs just breathing and feeling it all I hit that next evolution of mm. the fear yeah and the aloneness and I just let myself be there and breathe through it mm-hmm. and it was scary but at the same time I had so many more tools than I did 20 years ago uh. And I feel like that was a a huge moment. It was a catalyst for me to realize like, okay, now it's really time for me to step out of hibernation, step out of my comfort zone. And a couple of days later, I I wrote about it. I'm I'm a writer. That's part of my art and expression. And I posted it on social media and had a lot of people speak to me and say, I'm feeling the same thing. And. And that's really why I want to share in this way, because I want people to know that we're in this together. We're not alone. Yeah. Um, it was hugely helpful for me to do that. We all have our dharma. We all have our purpose. Yeah. And so I think when we tap into that purpose, and let it move and 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 share it, we are met with um, affirmation.
0: Yeah.
1: So. Yeah, know, that's, that's a recent story of using breath and, yeah. and presence and trust and circumstance and meditation that, you know, when, when we slow down enough and maybe close our eyes and maybe connect to the breath, and if we think we have the problem to solve, it can come a lot easier when we're not trying too hard to find it, when yeah. we just settle and breathe and allow. Um, so I think that's kind of the i would say that's the the synopsis of this time yeah To just allow and we can't stop the waves we can just learn to ride them
0: yeah thank you for sharing that because i don't I don't know if I did tell you the name of this podcast, it the is. space in between. Yes. And it is, it's, it's really a platform for, to hold space for people who are in some sort of transition mm-hmm. and, and coming up against those grooves and, you know, learning how people like you have tools that they could possibly use to in their, in their times of challenge or obstacle. Yeah. Um, and it's been just a joy being able to share mm-hmm. other people's stories because I think that also is to to speak to your message of we're all in this together, yes. right? Your story might not look um, the same as the person listening, but they can definitely see, you know, little glimpses of themselves within mm-hmm. it and and be inspired by yeah. your journey,
1: and uh, yeah well thank you our, yeah. s- our stories are definitely our medicine this is what connects yeah. us we've been sitting around sacred circles and fi- around fires sharing stories for
0: yeah.
1: lifetimes and i think it's an important yeah uh, important offering yeah. to continue
0: stories are definitely medicine and breath work is medicine yes. so that's another tool that somebody can go out and explore a bit more um what else? Where? How can we find you? Well, I'm in hiding, so you can't find <laughs> me. I'm just kidding. Um, well, wait—you're supposed to uh, get out yeah, of that comfort zone.
1: <laughs> you can find me. I am coming out into the world. Uh, my website is in evolution, but okay. people can find me there. It's my name, yeah. AshleyLedman.com. Okay. I do have a SoundCloud channel where I I post. Short audio breath work meditations awesome. and longer classes that I've recorded in the past. So that's you could probably just search me on SoundCloud. And is that through your website too?
0: If they went to their website,
1: no, uh, probably. Okay, we'll I'll, try to li- yeah. I'll try to. put I'll try to put links can, up too yeah, in, that, put link. in the show notes and um, Instagram. I'm the Breath Mystic. Ooh, okay. Yes. Oh, am I? Hot? Do I follow you? I'm not sure. I don't know. I do. I'm
0: well. hiding on that one too. So. <laughs> okay, so. To hold you accountable, what is the comfort zone? You said you were going to come out of your comfort zone. Oh, my comfort zone is... What is is that going to look like?
1: Oh, what's it going to look like? Yeah. Yeah, So I can hold you accountable. Yes, thank you. (laughs) See, the student becomes the teacher. Yeah. Um, Well, I'm in the process of actively rebranding my mm-hmm. breathwork offerings yeah so i i received that in the past month like a very strong message that it's time to make this more accessible
0: yeah. for
1: the masses not just the people who know how to do yoga and know what chakras are and what shamans are yeah so i am i'm in active mode of recording new audio i am seeking support with the logistical side of the business evolution. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have a new name that is coming. I, I don't exactly want to exactly put yeah, it out there yet, but there, yeah. um, a big part of what my, my offering is is to facilitate, is, is to train facilitators because, yeah. as Yogi Bhajan said, he said, I'm not here to be the guru. I'm here yeah. to support teachers because with that, we are spreading mm-hmm. this information in a quicker way so that's that's my goal that's my intention and goal um i have some i have a lot of of plans of more more programs like this yeah um right now through the end of this year 2019 i'm keeping the programs smaller on the smaller side of of the spectrum yeah but i know i have a, a vision of stepping out and expanding the space and expanding the technology where we do have more access to audio recordings and video programs and online and digital Great. um digital classes because everyone is accessing that and, and yeah we just spoke about this podcast being yeah. something that you know this is this is helpful it's very yeah. beneficial for people
0: yeah okay good so we'll just keep following okay. and see thank how you. things evolve yes thank you so much for being on here Thank you, Yeah, baby. and maybe we'll looking come forward to more. Yeah. I know we might collaborate. about Oh, we will. That. Yeah, we already we, are. Are. We, already are. we already are. We have been. For- She's
1: teaching in the morning before <laughs> our last deep dive breath. I'm so I'm excited, excited about to that do a little
0: movement. 109. Yes. <laughs> well, Thank you.
1: Thank you. We're not a tea and crumpet kind
0: no, of. We end crew.
1: up. We end up. <laughs> Snacking some guy's butt with a paddle. Okay, paddle, wait. We are just, no one to tell those oh, people. That one. <laughs> this is a yoga based <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I was saying oh while I did it.
0: <laughs> yeah, we um, we have some stories <laughs> that are in a vault.
1: In a vault. Yeah. Better that way.
0: They might come out here and there.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, thank you for being here. And thanks for having me. Yeah, and just always um evolving and being an inspiration and being my friend mm-hmm. uh, yeah thank you yeah thank bye you. everybody bye